Yvette Brown from Awkwardness and Grace. I'm a white mom raising two black boys, and if you feel squeamish talking about race, you're not alone. Join me, parents, and professionals as we have conversations about race and the awkwardness and grace of it all. I am talking to Monique. She is a single mom with a biracial child. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. So, Monique, as a single mom with a biracial child, what kind of things keep you awake at night? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The only thing that I find myself ever kind of worrying about is that he kind of identifies with with both cultures. And so as his, you know, Caucasian mother, I mean, I really want him to know about his African-American heritage. Like, it's really important to me that he, I think the history is so rich and there's so much to know. And that's important to me that that he knows that. But I'm just, I guess I worry because he doesn't get it from his dad. His dad just doesn't, he's not into black culture. He's just not. He lives in an all-Caucasian kind of world and in a community, and it worries me that Edge is not going to know about that whole kind of beautiful black side that he's got. And I I know tons about black culture, but I don't know that I can teach him that. I'm not sure about that. For, I mean, that's really the first thing that came to my mind. Have you explored black cultural events in your area? As far as, like, events and stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've done that kind of stuff. Have you talked to his dad about it? Yeah, he thinks that notion (laughs) is ridiculous. That's, you know, because I've heard from other African-American parents that they really feel that's very important and that's healthy for their identity. What about his father's family? Yeah, they're all in Alabama. Has your son been able to go visit them? No, uh uh-uh. He doesn't even, my son's father doesn't even want to go to Alabama. He would never take Edge there. So there there is someone in my son's life that, so long story short, I have an ex-boyfriend who I'm really close with still, and his, since my son was four weeks old, my son's, we call her Grandma Edith, but there's no blood relation. It's my ex-boyfriend's mother. She is this larger-than-life, strong, black, matriarch, amazing woman. And, I mean, she's like a mom to me, and she's like a, you know, she is a grand, she is my son's grandmother, period. But they're not blood-related. I mean, but they she's been in my son's life since he was four weeks old. So I'm thankful for that. If you ask my son, who's his grandma, I mean, he's like, Grandma Edith, that's all he knows. And, you know, she does talk to him about the past and, you know, a lot, you know, different things about black culture. So, but again, you know, I don't know, it's a woman, but it is a black woman, so I'm thankful for that. But some, I just feel like I just want it to come from a man, and maybe that's wrong. I think you're on the right direction, It just may have to come from another place. And I think as your son gets older, I'm sure his father will start embracing that a little bit more, but not necessarily in a cultural way. 
mm-hmm. but just as a black man in general. Has your son questioned anything about his skin color or how he fits within his society? Nope. I've always thought that was really interesting as well. I've had some criticisms on both sides of this from actually some black women that I've told this to. He's never, ever said, why are you so light and why is daddy so dark and why am I this color in his life? He's never said, like, am I black, am I white, what am I? It's never, ever, ever come up. One time we were at, uh, you know, a restaurant, and this guy was kind of, um, you know, they were making, like, peekaboo eyes at each other. And he's like, Mom, I made a friend in there. And I'm like, you did? Ooh. He's like, you know, that man, that man that was wearing, he was wearing, like, a, he was, like, wearing, like, a robe or, like, an African robe or something. He's like, that man that was wearing the robe and, I was like, no, Ed, I don't know. He's like, the man, Mom, the man that looks like Daddy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. But, like, he's never been, like, he doesn't use black or white. He doesn't use those terms. And he's almost nine. So I think that's interesting. But he's never, he doesn't, he doesn't ask anything about that. And I have, I have friends who have adopted children that are, you know, children of color. And they've been asking about it since they were, like, four. He's never asked it. Have you ever presented it to him? Have you ever talked to him about your differences in color? No, never. We just don't. I mean, I don't know what I would say. I mean, I no, we don't. We don't talk about it. He doesn't. He's never asked, and it's just like I'm just lighter skinned, and his daddy is darker skinned, and he's a perfect blend of both of us. That's that's just it. It kind of is what it is. Have you been in any situations out? walking around or for at a school or socially where something has ever come up concerning racism? I mean, pretty much from the start. I mean, I remember when Edge was like a couple of months old, I had to go to the DMV to renew my license. And this lady was like totally, like she was harassing me. She was like, oh, your baby, and going on and on and on about how cute my baby is. And then, well, can I ask you about your adoption? Or, he, or no, I said, like, I, I said, no, 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 I he's mine. Like, no. He's like, no, 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 I know he's yours, but can I ask about your adoption? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, he came out of my womb. And she's like, oh, oh. I've been asked several times about my adoption, which yeah, I'm just kind of like, why would people think that? But I don't, I, I'm so over that, I don't even care anymore. I just say no, I birthed him. And we live in a really, really white community. He's, kids kids have teased, like, his hair, which he has the best hair ever. But kids have been like, is that your real hair? Like, is that a wig? And he's, my son, like, when that happens, he's kind of confused. He's like, yeah, this is my hair. Like, what? Believe me, like, again, I live in a really white community. I could be sensitive, but I don't think so because I feel like I'm very aware of situations that are going around and I'm not the first I'm not the, I'm not a person that's just going to be like oh I'm getting discriminated against because I have a black child like I know things have happened where there's other white kids playing and there's other white kids doing exactly what my son is doing but my son is the one that gets called out I say to them like you don't you don't know me like that but I will say like um excuse me like she's like your son was kicking blah 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 and I'm like 
right as she said it, I looked over and I'm like, is that your child? She's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, do you see what he's doing right now? He's kicking just like my son was kicking. I'm, I was kind of rude because she was super rude to me. But I'm like, please get out of my face. I'm, you're, you're, you're calling out my son. He's the only brown child on the playground. You're calling out my son because of his skin color. Like, get away from me. Like, every kid is doing what my kid is doing. But you think it's okay to come talk to me because my, my kid is brown? Like, please get, get away from me. And she was like, ah, you know, but, like, that stuff has happened to me. I call it out. I'm like, you're, you're doing this because my son is brown. Like, you're demonizing my child because he's brown. Like, get away from me. And so it's happened. But I don't, I'm not the quiet mom that's going to be like, oh, let's leave the place. No, I'm like, we have a right to be here. You know, no, I'm, I stick up for my son and I stick up for myself. This is what happened recently, and this is the first time this has ha- ever happened at school. I, this was last year, at the end of the year, I went down. I, was, I often, if I have a break in my schedule, I'll go down to have lunch with my son at school. So I go down there, and I sit down with him at the table, and then my son didn't say it, but all of his little buddies at the table said, Edge, tell your mom, tell your mom. And I was like, what? Tell me what? And Edge, this word, Yvette, this word has never been... I didn't even know my son knew the word racist because I don't say that word and it's never mm-hmm. been something that's been said in our house. Ed said, Mom, he didn't even pronounce it correctly. He said, Mom, somebody said something racist to me, but he didn't say the word racist right. He, like, totally mispronounced it. And then I said, what do you mean? What did someone say to you? He's like, a kid said to me that I couldn't play with them because he's not down with brown. And I was like, what? Who? Who said this? And he's like, Mom, I don't want to tell you because I know you're going to go talk to him. And I'm like, Edge, tell me who. And I, and then he said, you know, that kid over there. And he pointed out the kid and he told me the kid's name. So I beelined over to the kid and I said, excuse me, you know, can you come here for a second? And the kid, like, looked at me like he goes, he, he goes, am I in trouble? And I said, well, let's talk. You know, can you come over here, please? And I was very calm. But I just said, can you come over here, please? He said, yeah. I said, do you know who I am? He said, no. And I said, I'm Edge's mother. And his eyes opened like the widest. Because nobody expects me to be Edge's mom, being blonde hair, blue eyes. And so he said, oh. And I said, do you know why I'm talking to you right now? He said, yeah. And he started, he was like shaking. And he was so upset. Like you could tell he was really scared. And I said, can you tell me what you said to my son? And then he said, I told him he couldn't play with us. And I said, really, why? Why, why couldn't he play with you? He, I said, what exactly did you say to my son? He said, well, I said because I'm not, we're not down with Brown. I said, what does that mean? He said, can you explain to me? Because I don't know what that means. What does that mean? He's like, well, well, he was like totally like he's crying. He's like stumbling over his words. And I'm like, does it mean Brown because you don't want to play with him because his skin is brown? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, where in the world would you ever think that's okay? Like, do you think my son is any different than you because he's got brown skin? Like, do you actually think that you guys are different? And I'm like, where would you ever, you know, I was like perplexed. I'm like, where would you, where would you, where would you think that? Or what would make you say that? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't mean it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, listen, you know, it's not acceptable. I said, if it ever happens again, 
there will be consequences. I'm going to talk to your teacher. I'm going to talk to the principal. And I said, what color is your skin? He said, peach. I said, well, what if my son said to you, we're not, we don't want to play with you because you're peach. I said, would you like that? He's like, no. And I said, okay. Then I don't want to ever hear about this again. He's like, okay. And then I walked away and that was it. And, of course, I talked to the teacher and I talked to the principal. And then the next day, this mass email went out to the whole school and it said, you know, no names or anything, but it said, we will not tolerate any discrimination of any kind on the playground or anywhere in our school. We are, our school logo is um, kindness counts. And so they always talk about kindness and being kind to everyone. And anyway, so that's kind of how it was dealt with. And that was it. And since then, there hasn't been anything that happened. Like, we've not had one instance since then. You know, I find it interesting that this little boy absolutely knew what he said was wrong. He absolutely knew it. It's like he knew what racism was even before your own child knew what racism is. Exactly. I don't know if his parents are racist, and they may not even be. I do know someone said, one child some, said something to my child once, and it was obviously racist. But I know the mother, and she is, she is completely opposite of that. So, I mean, part of our society is also filling in a lot of these gaps for these kids, too, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah. My knee-jerk reaction is that it came from his parents, because I feel like a lot of this stuff is taught in the home. But he could have seen it on a movie or in social, you know, or not social media, but like on, you know, a lot of these kids watch YouTube now. And so it's like they could have seen it somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I'm constantly asking my kids, where did they get their source of information? The thing about white parents is that they're not necessarily explicitly racist. They simply are not talking to their kids about racism. So... When their kids hear racist remarks from other sources, they don't understand the meaning or the context of what they're saying or how it will impact a real person. That is why it's so important for white parents to talk to their white kids about racism. I'm so glad that your school had the courage to send out an email and that you had the courage to say something about it. One of my best friends has a really good friend, and she's this black lady, and she's like in her 50s, and she knows my son, and she knows me, and peripherally, you know, but I told her what I was telling you about that I don't, Edge and I, we don't have those conversations. He's eight years old. We don't talk about racism. We don't talk about slavery. We don't talk about, we, we haven't had those conversations yet. He's eight. For my son, and maybe another eight-year-old would be different. But for my son, he would just be, like, perplexed at, if I started talking about slavery, I think it would break his heart. At this point, I don't feel like it is absolutely, it's not necessary. And I was telling this woman, Karen, but she was like, I strongly disagree with you. You should be having those conversations. It's the world, he is a black man. He's going to be a black, treated as a black man these conversations need to start sooner than later. You need to prepare him. And I'm like, Karen, he's eight. She's like, the sooner the better. And I'm like, I, I'm going to politely, completely disagree with you. It is something to consider, but you don't have to start it 
off with slavery. You can simply start building him up about how beautiful he is and how wonderful his color is and tell him about the positive aspects of African-American history. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he's already learning about Martin Luther King in school, right? He totally is. Yep. So, I mean, what a great hero for him to follow. The thing is, Martin Luther King was who he is because of discrimination and racism. So somehow you have to gently incorporate that because as he gets older, he is going to have these experiences more and more. Then there was one other thing. There was a kid at school that said something about his skin color and then they were teasing him that his parents were divorced. And it's funny because I was never even married. He's like, Mom, they, were, they, they said something about my skin tone, and then they said something about teasing, they were teasing me because my parents are divorced. And I was like, what? And anyway, long story short, I ended up calling the kid's mom. The kid's mom, they're Mexican. And the kid's mom is like, listen, if my kids did that, I, we've got to get to the bottom of this. We talk about skin tone, you know, being brown in our house all the time. Anyway, we never got to the bottom of it. Maybe the story got changed around a little tiny bit. I sat edge down and I was like, I talked about Barack Obama. His parents are divorced. I said, Edge, who do you think? I said, what do you think Barack Obama's dad looks like? He said, like daddy. I said, what do you think Barack Obama's mom looks like? And she's like, well, like daddy, but a girl. And I said, no, Barack Obama's mom looks like me. And his dad looks like daddy. His parents are also divorced. And he's like, really? Like, you should have seen his face. And that's the president of our country. You know, he ran our whole country. And he's from a divorced family with one, you know, parent, you know, that are different shades. And he just like, it was like he totally turned around and he was like, oh, okay, I'm awesome. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Good for you, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was like, okay, that was a great way to kind of, and I could see it in his eyes, like his little brain was ticking, and he was like, oh, because he thought Barack's parents were both black. Yeah, and what a perfect example. I think what you're saying is I see the value in what you're saying. Like I can start talking about more of the positive aspects of it I can't even imagine introducing the negative aspects of it at this juncture. Yeah, it's a little hard. You know what? You may want to talk to his teacher and ask mm-hmm. her how they talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Are there any other African-American uh, people that they talk about? Maybe bring in some historical figures in books. You are such a huge advocate for your son. To follow through on that, you want to be the one he goes to with these questions. And if he feels that you're silent about this, then he might feel a little silent and uncomfortable and hold it in himself. Yeah, I guess. I I really haven't thought about that, but that's that's a way to look at it. I mean, my kids are extremely inquisitive and have talked to me and approached me about it for years. That's the difference, I guess. I think that's so interesting why some kids are so inquisitive about it, and my kid is just like, nope. I mean, because I can only speak from experience, and now, again, I'm coming from a, you know, uh, you know, I'm blonde hair and blue eyes, 
but I know that it wasn't easy for me growing up. I was I come from I'm the I'm the fifth child to a single mother and we were really poor. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. We had a, I had a great childhood, but we just didn't have a lot of money. But and my mom was a single mother and she was battling depression, so things were not always easy. I always knew no matter what my mom loved me. Basically, I knew that I was unique, I was special, I was smart, I was beautiful. Like, I grew up with such self-confidence. And to this day, as a woman, in my, you know, I'm 47, I feel like I have such self-confidence. Like, I still, to this day, believe all that stuff my mom told me when I was little. I went through it as a child, even though I was a white child. But, like, I feel like the best thing that I can do for my son, and I think for any child, to be honest, is love and building that confidence and that self-esteem, to be ready for the world. That is the foundation, I think, of anything, is knowing they're loved, which believe me, I know my son knows that, and building that self-confidence and that spirit to just be, like, ready to deal with whatever, whatever comes his way, whether it's anything, racism or anything. Yeah, they have to feel grounded and feel good about themselves. If you prepare them, I know that at some point I had to do some role-playing with my son because there were some racial incidences, and he didn't know what to say. So I role-played with him. First, I would get the facts and ask him how he was feeling about the situation. If someone said something racist to him, I encouraged him to pause, breathe, assess the situation, then respond. It is really easy to be offended when someone is malicious to you, but reacting too quickly can escalate the situation. And defending yourself is a combination of feeling good about yourself and knowing how to react. Unfortunately, this comes with experience. That is why role-playing is so good. It builds confidence and gives them the tools they need. He has the confidence, and with your help, he can have the tools and Navigate a world that hopefully becomes less and less racist. In, I feel like it is in certain cities. Like I, you go back to Wisconsin, and I don't think it is. I mean, it's, I hate to say that, but it's just—it's so different there. I never understood this discrimination against anybody, and it's—I won't tolerate it even for a second. And so somehow I just—I <laughs> just have to prepare my son for you know I'm sure what's inevitably coming. I hope. I hope it's not, but it probably is. Like you said, build up his self-confidence. Give him the tools. So you have a 13-year-old? Soon to be a 13-year-old. And Mm -hmm. then my other son is 7. And my 13-year-old is super inquisitive, very aware of racism and historical context and very proud to be an African-American. And Joshua, you know, he thinks I'm black, I'm beautiful, and he simply isn't concerned about it. Although he does know what racism is. And we tend to keep it simple and factual. We tell him that racism is when one person doesn't like another person because of the color of their skin. We also relate racism to being treated unfairly. There is this great book for kids called Ron's Big Mission. Ron McNair is an African-American astronaut. 
And the book is about the unfairness of segregation and racism when he was growing up. I remember reading it to the kids and them looking at me and standing up and in their superhero voices saying, that's not fair. They totally got it. And they understood that it's not okay to treat someone differently because of their skin color or because they look different. It empowered them to embrace their color and it released their inner superhero. Oh, I have to add one thing because I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I mean, not that I don't know if you'll find this interesting, but I remember Edge coming home. This was about a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. Him coming home from school saying, Mom, I want a haircut. I really, really, really want a haircut. And this was when his afro was, like, really big. And, I mean, I always thought he loved his hair. But he was like, Mom, I want a haircut. I want to show you how I want my hair. So I handed him my phone, and then he was, like, looking at, I don't know, I forget, but he was looking at pictures on the, on the Internet. And then he's like, now this is how I want my hair. And it was like Justin Bieber. It was like blonde, like straight, like shaved on the side. And I was like, um, I'm like, Edge. And I explained to him, like, you can never have hair like that. I have hair like that, but Daddy doesn't have hair like that, and you'll never have that hair. Like, you can't have that hair. You have, you're born with, like, a different texture. And he was sad. And I was like, Edge, are you kidding me? Like, you have the most beautiful hair ever. And it just can't be. It comes out of your head with this beautiful curl. You can't have it like my hair. I said, I wish I had curls. But, like, it was this, like, here he was. He pulled up this picture of this white boy, you know, Justin Bieber, with blonde hair. And And that's what he said he wanted his hair to look like. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do right now? My seven-year-old did the same thing. I would catch him in the bathroom just putting whatever cream or lotion he can find and pressing his hair. He had, like, four-inch locks, pressing it down against his head. I just think their hair is amazing. It is kind of a phase, you know, because they are. They're looking at the world. Oh, this person, this is what they look like. I like their hair. And... We do the same thing. I mean, God, as women all the time. I've coveted afros my whole life. Like, I wish I had my son's hair, really. But, I mean, it's just so funny. I guess we all do it. Right. I mean, it's our kind of our way of finding our place in the world and self-acceptance. You know, for my son, I feel like it was a phase. He's completely over it now. Uh-huh. But it was very interesting that he was viewing the world and this is the type of hair he wanted. Again, like you said, honey, this is how your hair grows. It's beautiful. We love it. What other way can we do it? And I think it was something he had to process. It's interesting having these conversations. And, you know, I don't have a lot of friends with biracial children. So it's a lot of my friends, we don't have these conversations. Well, part of the reason I'm doing this is because white parents don't have these conversations. I kind of want them to have them more. I'm learning as I go, believe me. I really, really appreciate you making the effort to connect with me tonight because I know how hard it was and sharing everything that you shared. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for listening. 
I really appreciate talking with Monique because I learned that as mamas that fiercely love and defend our African-American children, it is still heartbreaking to tell them about racism and the history of Black Americans. Because I'm a white mom that was never taught to speak or think about racism, it's left me at a disadvantage when it comes to breaking the silence around race talks. I feel that when parents talk to their kids early on about racism, African-American history, and being anti-racist, our kids learn to internalize it as part of our American social conversation. For as long as I can remember, my boys have known they are adopted. We speak about it openly and often. It is not emotionally charged, and it's part of their family identity. The concept of adoption is demystified. Just like adoption, the more I talk about racism, the more comfortable I feel. I have started my conversation with my older boy later, and he had situations that he just wasn't equipped for. With my younger son, I have been speaking to him earlier about racism in age-appropriate ways. I feel that doing this earlier will allow them to confront racism on a more personal level and be able to de-escalate a situation easier. When Monique's son was told we're not down with Brown by his fellow students, he was perplexed as to why his friends would treat him that way. He had no idea what racism is. Monique's son was not prepared to stand up for himself and his friends were not prepared to be upstanders. We want everyone to be kind and treated equally. Unfortunately, not everyone is treated equally. Parents and teachers need to educate kids so they have the tools to be upstanders, call out racism, and if necessary, go tell an adult if the situation gets out of hand. The adults need to sit down with all the parties involved and explore the meaning of racism and inequality. Once Monique starts talking to her son about racism, he will feel empowered and confident when a racial situation happens. When Monique was at the playground with her son, she got angry because her son was called out. She is intolerant of racism and fiercely defends her child, which is what any anti-racist mom would do. But it couldn't help but think that if Monique was black, she would have been stereotyped as an angry black woman and probably not even taken seriously, even though she has every right to defend herself and her son. Thank you for listening and join me in two weeks. And in the meantime, think of things that affect you or your kids that are unfair and then relate that to the unfairness of racism. Have an amazing week.